You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 85. I'm Rashan, a.k.a. Rowe, and I'm joined today by the pride of PlayStation, Sean Babiak, and Dan, the Halo man, Daniel Prindle. How are you guys doing today? Great. Nice, nice, nice. I like Dan the Halo man. I feel like I've heard it before, but it just it just gives <laughs> such bra- bravado with it. Change that as your as your handle from now on, Daniel. Yeah. Dan the Halo. I love it. Um yeah, I, I just haven't thought of a better nickname yet. So I, I feel like and I don't think I ever will. So that's just probably yeah. I don't know how you talk. <laughs> uh but big thank you to everyone listening and watching live record Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern time on YouTube and on Twitch. We're still on Periscope, it seems. I Apparently, it's not supposed to still be working, but it is. So if you're on Twitter and you're scrolling through the Twitterverse, you might see our faces there. So every Wednesday at 8 p.m., we're recording live on those platforms. Just search up Podcast PXN and you will find us. Uh, the topic of the show today is Epic versus Apple and all of the interesting tidbits that came out of that. So we'll have a little, well, a lot to talk about when we get there. But before we get there, we, talk, we have the podcast or the PXN news of the week, and we're going to start off with the Sunset Overdrive trademark and what it could possibly mean. Maybe it is something, maybe it is not. But I'm reading from uh, Game Informer, Liana Rupert writes, when Insomniac Games first unleashed the chaotic parody that is Sunset Overdrive, it was an Xbox One exclusive. The vibrantly colored energy filled or energy drink fueled uh, open world experience deserved a lot more love than I got, which I totally agree with. But back to your article. But it looks like it might finally be coming to the PlayStation. Uh, the trademark filing for Sunset Overdrive was spotted by Nebelian on Twitter and looks like uh, looks to be registered on 04 or 26, 21, which was, uh, oh, it was this month or last month. Um, the trademark is for the single phrase Sunset Overdrive, which some are connecting to the earlier leak uh, that seemed two points to a remastered edition coming to PlayStation. But it is important to note that just because a trademark is filed uh, doesn't mean that we're going to get a new game. There are a lot of different reasons why uh, trademarks are filed as the article writes. It could be protection against a third party use, merchandising purchases, updates, and they also say, of course, a new game as well. But um, what did you guys think? Have you had any experience with Sunset Overdrive in the past? And do you think it is possible that we could be getting it on the PlayStation, especially with PlayStation now owning Insomniac? Yeah, uh, I think it's very interesting. I think that this definitely could mean we'll get Sunset Overdrive on PS5, which is super cool. Um, I'm not sure how the original game's... uh, like original deal is going to work out because I know Microsoft published that and they put the money behind it, but uh, I don't know like how that works if they're allowed to do that or if it's like a Mass Effect 1 situation where they have to wait a certain amount of time before releasing it. But yeah, I would love to see this come back and uh, Sony revive this franchise. And if, guys, if you remember, Drew Murray went back to Insomniac Games and he was the uh, basically the lead guy on Sunset Overdrive. So would not surprise me to see him lead a team at Insomniac to kind of bring back Sunset Overdrive. So that'd be that'd be awesome. Um, so I think it goes without saying, I think I've said this on this podcast that the reason why to own an Xbox One previously was for Sunset Overdrive. Um, I think that was the best game of Xbox One's generation, in my opinion. And obviously, it set the blueprint for Insomniac Spider-Man with the mobility. 
Um, plus, it was just, it was a crazy game. It, it really was. It was like <laughs> half Ratchet and Clank, but like adult kind of too. Kind of Tony and, Hawk too. Yeah, yeah. Like it was such a fun experience, like going around that entire city and it, even the verticality of it all too was such a cool experience. Um, I did actually just look it up. It is Insomniac that owns the IP. Microsoft does not own the IP whatsoever. So Correct. Insomniac slash Sony is fully within their rights to actually go ahead and go through this. Um, I think it would be a huge win. Honestly, I do. This this was a huge letdown for people that did not have Sony that missed this game that last generation. Um, or sorry, who had Sony that missed that game last generation because especially on Xbox Game Pass where you could play it right now if you wanted to. Like this this was a great game still is. I believe even what is it now? Uh 7 years later, it still probably holds up. I'm not going to lie. I haven't gone back to it in a very long time, but just knowing what I, my experiences are, I guarantee it still holds up. So to get a remastered or even I I don't it wasn't even a bad looking game in any sense, so I don't even know if that needs to be a remaster, just re-release. Yeah. Um, if this comes out on Sony, it's a huge win. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think it does hold up. I think I might, I, I don't know when you guys played it last, but I, there was a brief time in 2017 or 28, I think 20, 2018, 2019 is when I played it for the first time on, uh, on Xbox. I had an Xbox for a brief time during that time and I loved it. And I think it, it held up, holds up really well. And yeah, I would love to see it on PlayStation. I would definitely go back to it, get some trophies, just experience that game again. But yeah, it was fantastic. And I, and I hope it does mean that it is coming to PlayStation because do you I guys think that. if it like does come to PlayStation? Because I know, unfortunately, it did not sell that well on um, Xbox One. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why we didn't get a sequel mm-hmm. with Sony exclusive generally selling pretty well. And, if, and Insomniac, too, now being so heralded among their uh first parties you think this could be setting up for a possibility of a sequel yes absolutely yeah Yeah, definitely gives it a second chance right like you said it'll sell better more people will be able to experience it for the first time as well but yeah i i I agree i think it could get a a sequel Mm. at least it it'll help uh, an argument for one yeah um but yeah Moving on to the next story. The Witcher 3 director leaves CDPR, CD Projekt Red, following workplace bullying allegations. Uh, so I'm reading from GameSpot, but the original article is from uh, Bloomberg. I'm pretty sure Jason Schreier did, uh, did this one. But um, uh, Conrad Toma, Tomaskiewicz, I'm not sure how to pronounce his last name. It's a Polish last name, and I'm very bad at pronouncing those. But I'm going to call him Conrad going forward, uh, who served as do- design director on CD Projekt or Cyberpunk 2077, a game director on The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt, has left CDPR, uh, Bloomberg reports. The departure follows allegations of workplace bullying, uh, which he was cleared of. So after months of uh, investigation, he was deemed not guilty by the people investigating him. However, he chose to still leave the company. And coming from his mouth himself in an email, uh, he resigned because of the fear uh, stress or discomfort uh, employees might experience while working with him. Um, so he decided to leave and said that he notices that the people he works with uh, don't enjoy working with him and that he causes a little bit of, as he says, fear and stress with those around him. So he decided to to leave as as what seems in hopes of a better work environment for those who work there. 
But um, yeah, I thought that was an interesting story. Um, not guilty doesn't necessarily mean he he wasn't, and vice versa. Like in all in all law and order stuff, uh, we don't really know until the proof is there. But it's it's interesting because he himself says that he caused fear and stress in the employees there. But uh, what do you guys think about the him leaving? Yeah, in terms of like the the legality of it. Uh not guilty like you were saying Roro doesn't mean he he wasn't you know involved with something because not guilty or means that he wasn't without a shadow of a a doubt uh doing something so obviously it seems like he was kind of being a little uh hostile and a little bit uh i don't know tumultuous i guess towards his uh, his co-workers and it's definitely a tricky situation when you have stuff like this. And I, I honestly don't know one way or another. I can't speak to any of it because I don't really know this guy that well. Uh, obviously, CD Projekt Red has had a ton of issues with management in terms of like the upper management for, you know, cyberpunk specifically. Um, so it's not surprising to see someone in a uh, lead position uh, have these allegations towards them because obviously they've been having issues like this at the, the top of the, uh, the chain, so to speak. So it's definitely not surprising. And um, yeah, I guess it's for the best of both parties that, that this is happening, that he's leaving um, just because that would be kind of awkward anyways. Like uh, you're kind of like, in litigation against the dude and then you're like you have to work next to him that'd be kind of awkward but yeah it is a interesting situation i mean i would say as somebody that does manage people regardless of how you feel your employee's perception is the reality um right or wrong depending on how you talk or how you treat somebody that's how that individual or those individuals feel um, so you have to do your best. I mean, regardless, everyone should know that life in the job world is all about politics in a sense where you do have to do maneuvering and all that stuff. It looks like he wasn't in a sense adapting to the times while not necessarily qualifying as bullying in that sense. He could still recognize that his attitude and the way he treated people came across that way. And in that respect, I actually do have a lot of respect for somebody that can recognize that stuff mm. um, regardless of what was in the end done and how he was making the other people feel. He at least understood that whatever he could do, he was not going to fix it. He was not capable of that change. So he needed to separate himself from it. But Daniel hit the nail on the head as far as CD project red in general with its turmoil. Um, I know cyberpunk 2077 has gotten a pretty good amount of patches still nothing that makes me want to go back from those four hours i played um and i didn't even experience like god awful glitches like some people did but i would definitely say they've pretty much fallen off as far as all that goodwill they had with witcher 3 at this point and the only stories you really hear coming out anymore is some sort of negativity uh, I mean, just the other week, they had a story about them still blaming Sony for their sales because Sony pulled them off that. And it's like, well, if you release a poor product, that's, yeah. that's on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's like blaming Billy Mays for OxyClean if it didn't sell oh. well. Like, <laughs> Rest in his, peace. 
Rest in peace, Billy. <laughs> I couldn't remember the British guy. I don't know what his name is. <laughs> but uh, it just that that doesn't make any sense to me. So I mean, at some point, CD Projekt Net Red needs a win, and right now it seems like until they get some things figured out at that upper management level, you're not going to see anything coming down. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like CD uh, Project Red has a has a long way to go in in terms of uh, fixing their reputation. I was thinking of a better word for fixing, but that's all I got. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I I think they've got a long way to go, and I, I hope by the time they are ready to reveal their next game, they're at that place. And I think we've talked about this before. I, I think they will get there. Uh, but like you said, Sean, like every time there's another news story. It's a bad one. And even when there's a good news story, a few weeks later, something like this comes out. It's like, oh, <laughs> I forgot. They, they suck. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but moving on to the next story, uh, Xbox, uh, Microsoft, rather, uh, never makes a profit on Xbox hardware sales. Uh, this is a new, another tidbit that we're going to be talking more about all the crazy stuff that's coming out of the Epic Games versus Apple trial. But this is another little one that I thought would be a, a cool topic in, in of itself. Uh, Xbox is one of the biggest companies in the video game industry and has been around for years. However, it looks as though the company never makes profit uh, off actually selling the Xbox consoles. Uh, One recent bit of information comes as a consequence of the Xbox Vice President, Lori Wright, being called to testify in the case. Uh, While being questioned by Epic Games lawyer Wes uh, Earnhardt, I think that's how you say it, Wright was asked what margin the company makes on its console sales. Wright said uh, Xbox sells its consoles at a loss. And when asked why, Wright said the manufacturer focuses on delivering a gaming experience to more players, allowing the company to profit off subscription services like Xbox Game, like the popular Xbox Game Pass and digital sales. Um, yeah, so I thought that was interesting that they are more focused on their service and their like ecosystem rather than actually selling the, the box itself and kind of explains why... Xbox doesn't show their numbers a lot of the time when they're talking about sales numbers and, hey, why aren't you showing how much you guys are selling? This kind of explains why I think. But uh, yeah, Daniel, Xbox, the Halo man, what do you think about this story? Yeah, so before before I go into my thoughts on this, I want to shout out Cover in the in the YouTube chat because he's, he's uh, chatting with us pretty good on there. I'm uh, glad to see that. So thank you, Cover, for joining us. Uh, but my uh, my thoughts on this are interesting because obviously uh, the console industry we know is almost always in the beginning of the generation, you're selling your hardware at a loss in order to get the hardware out there. And then the software and the subscriptions and all of that makes up for the sales that you lose on each console. So the interesting thing here is, is Epic Games is presenting this uh, as evidence for their side of the case because Apple doesn't understand that Apple makes a ton of money on the iPhone. They make profit, like a significant amount of profit on iPhone sales. They don't have to rely on store sales or, or revenue from store sales in order to be profitable. Microsoft is in an opposite position with Xbox where they have to rely on those store sales. So Xbox uh, Store has the 30, 30% revenue cut, which they need in order to fuel those loss of hardware sales. And that's where Apple was trying to say, hey, we have 30% cut too. Why is this not being compared? Well, it's not being compared because Apple's selling their iPhones at 
a thousand plus dollars and making I, I believe they make like a a fifty percent uh, profit on iPhone sales. I think this their gross margin is higher than expected retail margins. Yeah. So I mean, it's insane. It's insane the difference there. So that's that's why that's not in, in direct comparison to one another, and it's different than the Windows Store, where Microsoft just announced uh, last week that the Windows Store is cutting their percentage to twelve percent. But that's because Windows is just an operating system that's on every consumer PC that's out there. It's not like Microsoft selling hardware for that store, if that makes sense. So that's where they're more comparing that because they're saying, hey, the Windows store is dropping to 12 percent. Epic Games store is at 12 percent revenue share and consoles are completely different. They're specific to that ecosystem and iPhones are making a killing for Apple in terms of hardware. So yeah, it's very interesting and we'll have obviously, like you said, Roro, we're going to have a lot more to talk about from this whole Epic Epic games versus Apple debacle. But yeah, it's very interesting. Sean, what are you, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess I'm just surprised in a sense with Xbox's one honesty, because it's like the first time that we've gotten Microsoft honest about their consoles. But two, like, I, I know you, you are correct. When we have console launches, they don't make a profit. But PS2 is famous for the amount of profit that it generated Sony after a few years because everything dropped down in price. But the way that I'm taking that, especially because it's on stand, is never make a profit on their consoles, mm-hmm. even after years being out. Um, or when Xbox cut the cord on the Kinect and no longer package that and drop the price down, they were still losing money. Yeah. Um, so it, that part was just surprising to me um, because we always talk about like all three consoles. There's three of us. We, we joke around that we're all like that consoles preferred place or something like that. But Nintendo, I would say, has like they're they would all be on the same level with when it comes to exclusives. Nintendo just works out different ways uh, to have their exclusives and their artwork. And I think Xbox does the same thing. It's just higher res type type atmospheres and all that stuff. And it just surprises me that even with those games, they're still willing to take that loss on it. Now, the one thing I will say that came out of this portion specifically is the fact that they're, they're never going to probably tell us exact numbers on Game Pass, but right there shows you the success of Game Pass right there because it's in a court filing, essentially, or court hearing that it has been tremendously successful for them. Microsoft is not a company that's not willing to dump certain aspects of what they're doing. Um, what was it? Windows Vista is like the most failing other operating systems, if I remember correctly. Like it was all it was horrible and they came out with Windows 10 pretty quickly comparison to their other iterations. Yeah. So they're not afraid to dump something that's not working. And the fact is Game Pass is 100% working regardless if they're not selling their consoles or whatever, it is something that has been successful for them. And it kind of answers to the question of all this first party stuff going exclusively to game pass day and date. It's not a bad move. It's something that is working for them. However, that model does. I mean, we'll never see behind the lens as far as the financials, but we now know that it is not such a gamble for them to release things and also sell them at the same time. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I agree with both of everything that you guys are saying. 
And uh, I think they're doing fantastic stuff with with Game Pass and all of their services as we're going to talk about in the next uh, story. A little stuff that they like to do for us gamers. Microsoft adds SPS Boost to 74 more games on Xbox Series X and S. Um, so this comes, uh, the story broke, I think, on the 3rd. This is when they announced it. Uh, Daniel, you brought this to my attention. I almost forgot to put this in here. Uh, so Microsoft is enabling Xbox FPS Boost mode on 74 more games today, which was May 3rd, bringing a total of up to 97 games uh, that is getting this upgrade. Uh, some of the titles, some of the new titles include Assassin's Creed Unity, Deus Ex Mankind Divided, Wasteland 3 and Far Cry 5, all moving up to 60 frames per second. Um, yeah, and I, I love that. This is obviously just weeks after they announced uh, the 13 EA games and the Bethesda games even before that. So they're continuing to do uh, all these great moves. I love it. Um, I wish we would get more stuff on like this on different consoles as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is this is really cool. Um, yeah, they and as they said, over 97 games. I, I'm looking at the... The full list here. They got Alien Isolation, yeah. Anthem, Battlefield One. They've got yeah, they've got quite a few, and then that list is only, only going to continue to grow as uh, as as time goes on, right? So, I I, I do see what they're saying with uh, how they're making profit off of the the time and effort they're putting into Game Pass and all their other stuff because they they're doing a lot of great stuff with uh, with that. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely, Roro and. Like one of the coolest parts about this new uh, game drop of 70 some games is Assassin's Creed Unity is actually playable in a very <laughs> good state. And like I say that jokingly, but Assassin's Creed Unity's co-op stuff was actually really awesome. And like that was something that I wanted for a long time as a huge Assassin's Creed fan was co-op in the campaign to be able to play with one another. And now that we can play that at 60 frames per second on uh, Xbox is awesome. So I'm super excited to kind of check that out again and just I don't know. I just want to see that again and see it run beautifully. Um, But one this kind of steps back to another point where you're talking about other consoles uh, needing to do stuff like this for backwards compatibility. And the reason isn't just for backwards compatible games as well, because Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I just saw this earlier today and I just it reminded me of it. Mass Effect Legendary Edition is only coming to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. So you play the game in backwards compatibility mode on both next-gen consoles. And the PS5 version of Mass Effect Legendary Edition can only go up to 60 frames per second, whereas Series X can go up to 120 frames per second because of the Xbox One supporting 120 frames per second whereas ps4 did not so ps5 in turn can't do 120 on this game because it's backwards compatible if that makes sense um which obviously this that's not going to affect a ton of people because not many people have tvs that are capable of 120 hertz but for people like myself that are enthusiasts and have like all the newest technology and tvs and stuff uh, this is awesome because I can play Mass Effect in 120 frames per second, which is just insane. So, Sean, did you have any yeah. thoughts about the? the I mean, upgrades? you guys know how I feel about backwards compatibility. It's cool yeah. for <laughs> preservation. I just, I'm not a huge fan of going back and playing something unless it 
like especially for the first time if if i missed it i missed it at this point i mean i try to capture what i can but you know how it is anymore i mean obviously i just played control a few weeks ago uh but that game i absolutely love um i mean it's a, it's a cool offer don't get me wrong um i would say though as far as xbox i really wish they would just kind of focus in on releasing some exclusives uh from their first party studios i know we have stuff coming it just feels like it's been ages and ages and ages playstation even with their stuff not going according to plan obviously though they're outselling ps4 at the moment um but they still are having exclusives come out my copy returnal comes uh comes to me on saturday which I'm super looking forward to because I love House Marquee. Um, Ratchet and Clank comes out in about a month. We don't really have any dates for Xbox exclusives at the moment, so that's where I would like them to have the focus. But again, especially for gamers that are trying to experience, a lot of people didn't experience Xbox One. We know that's actually true. That At least they were definitely a distant second, second place from PS4. So a lot of people didn't miss out on those games and getting those up Daniel, I know, is a huge fan of Mass Effect. The fact that he can mm-hmm. he's getting the better version in the sense um, with an Xbox One is great to have for those fans. I just wish they'd focus on other efforts. Yeah. Now, remember also that all their first party acquisitions started in 2018. So we're it's going to be still a year or two before we actually start to see that fruition tar- start to take place, because even many of the studios they acquired in 2018 already had games coming out like we happy few came out for compulsion you had obsidian with outer worlds although that was a 2019 acquisition but you see what i'm saying uh it's gonna probably be in another year or two before we start to see the fruits of that labor yes i'm impatient okay (laughs) (laughs) moving on to our next story sony is working to integrate discord into playstation consoles uh, PlayStation is now partnering with Discord, the popular online commu- uh, communication service, with a promise to bring to quote bring the Discord and PlayStation experiences closer together on console and mobile starting early next year. Un- end quote. Uh, details on uh, what that would actually entail are slim, and Sony's announcement just says that the two companies are hard at work connecting Discord with your social and gaming experience on the PlayStation Network. Whether that means a full-fledged Discord app coming to PlayStation consoles or a more limited integration like connecting a PSN and Discord accounts to more easily chat with friends off-platform has yet to be announced. Um, I thought this was interesting because it wasn't too long ago where we were talking about whether Discord is going to be partnering with Microsoft or uh, or being acquired by them, and now they're going into partnership with with Sony. Um, as the article says, we don't know exactly what what that is going to be yet. And I checked before um, I checked before the show, and right now you can't even link your PlayStation account to Discord. You can link your Xbox, you can link Steam, and all those other guys. So it could be something as small as that, where it's just going to be you're going to be able to link your disc your psn account now and maybe they'll integrate a little bit more features or it could be something like it says a little bit bigger than that like a playstation or a discord app on playstation um but what do you what do you guys think that this could possibly mean uh do you think it's small do you think it's going to be a bit bigger it was a savage move by sony to make it because <laughs> i assume they probably had some sort of influence when it came to a press release because the first time i saw it was after talks fell through with microsoft Sony and Discord partner up. 
And it's just like, <laughs> like that, that is a headline to kind of, uh, not saying it does for like gamers, but for casual people, it in a sense makes, makes you think that Microsoft screwed up that type of acquisition. Whereas we have no idea how that came to be or what was the answer in the end. But I just thought it was interesting that that's what they led with. But I mean, honestly, they needed they need to do something more friendly, I guess I could say. I mean, obviously, Nintendo will always be down at the bottom of the barrel. But if you have the number one console, especially currently right now, two generations in a row, why are all your UI systems not number one as well? I get it. Microsoft is a computer company. UI is kind of their bread and butter. But you should be like excelling in so many different aspects that microsoft isn't and that is why they're number two it shouldn't just be because oh they don't have the games mm. i think this is kind of the step in the direction for sony to get there yeah yeah i think uh so obviously the the discord stuff for sony's side of it uh what ended up happening is is microsoft was in talks to possibly acquire discord but then discord decided to do just another round of funding instead from the public uh, and what Sony ended up doing is they did a minority uh, stake into Discord when they did that new round of funding. So that's how they ended up, you know, getting a piece of Discord and and coming to this partnership uh, that's coming. And like Roro said, we don't really we don't have a whole lot of information of what this integration is going to be. I think it would be awesome if they actually do the integration where you can literally have Discord on PlayStation, like have all of your Discord groups and and voice chat and Discord on PlayStation. I, but I don't know if they're going to go that route because uh, I actually sent this to Roro, uh, this link back in 2016, maybe or 17. Uh, Microsoft had announced a similar thing that they were doing a partnership with Discord and it ended up just being like a essentially you can log in with your uh, you can attach your uh, Microsoft account to Discord. So like when you're playing Microsoft games, it shows up in your Discord game activity and it has uh, some other integrations as well that I'm not really familiar with. But uh, I hope it's more of the former than the latter because Obviously, I'd rather see, you know, more features come come for this integration than what Xbox has right now. So, yeah, totally. And and like like I said earlier, it's very possible that it could just be that because right now they, you can't even link it at all. Right. So it could be something as, as small as, as that. Yeah. But it would be disappointing, like you said, if that's just it, especially with all this hullabaloo that at least I, I, I am making it out to be um, because of the announcement. But well, we shall see. We shall see. But some more PlayStation news. Very small, uh, but we could talk about the Ratchet and Clank stuff too, if you guys want to, if you guys were able to watch that. But coming from the state of play, uh, we got a little bit of an announcement that Among Us is coming to PS5 and PS4 with an exclusive new Ratchet and Clank skin. So to celebrate the integration or the uh, the launch of Among Us on PS4, uh, there's a little blue. What do you even call these guys? Like, <laughs> like, I don't know what to call them. Like space astronauts, I guess. But non-imposters. Like, non-imposters. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was a non-imposter wearing a ratchet outfit and his little buddy, a little clank buddy, next to him. So I thought that was really cute. I'm glad that it's finally coming to PlayStation. I believe that is the, the literal the last place that it could could be. It's on PC. It's on or it's going to be on xbox if, if it's not already there uh it's on switch 
and now finally it's on PlayStation. So I think that's awesome. Um, is there anything that you guys wanted to add about this or maybe talk about the Russian Clank thing? I, I thought it was beautiful. I didn't get to see the entire thing, but what I did see, it was like, it's insane. Just the, the level of quality and, and how beautiful that, that world looked. But, uh, I don't know yeah. how if you own a PS5 you don't buy this game. Yeah, I, it's just... I really don't. It is it is a must own for your PS5. It looks so much fun. The yeah. switching back like that there's a video with a boss battle and the fact that you can switch seamlessly between different planets and use that to your advantage whether it's like a pole in that environment that could like block a shot or something to that extent like and it's just it's just done. Like you don't just like, oh, okay, let me wait for a loading time. No, it's just you're you're at another planet. The weapons, of course, it's a Ratchet and Clank game with some very bizarre looking weapons, which make it even more fun. I, I'm I'm so stoked on this game. Yes, I am completely with you, and uh, I apologize to anyone watching in the live thing. I just realized the dog was chewing on my dining room table, and I was getting pissed off at it. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yes, I'm very excited. And at this point, I just want the game to come out. I want to play it because it looks so good. It literally is Pixar come to life and like yeah. how good it looks. And yeah, very excited for it. And Among Us coming to PlayStation is awesome as well. It completes the trifecta of all the platforms getting Among Us now. Yes, finally. Yeah. Um, but yeah, maybe I should have made Ration Clank the, to the topic of this one yeah. because it, it is... It, I, again, I didn't see the whole thing, but what I did see was insane. Like Sean was saying with the the rifts between the portals, I guess, being able to pull it and then just instantly being on another level, essentially. And yeah. it, it's insane. Like there was a scene where uh, Rivet like jumped down from somewhere and she landed in a puddle and you could see like the, the little droplets spring off the ground and then land back in the puddle. And you saw every individual yeah. like droplet drop back into the puddle like, it's insane. Like it, I remember when we were seeing the Spider-Man stuff for the first time and we we're like, there's no way that's gameplay. There's no way. And it is. And it's <laughs> the, same, the same thing happening here with uh, Ratchet and Clank where it's like, there's no way that's how it plays. And we'll see when it comes out. But for the most part, that's, that's how it's going to play when we're playing it. So I think Insomniac is continuing their winning streak and I am all about it. Yeah. They uh, really can't lose. Yeah. And God knows how long now at this point. <laughs> yeah. Even before when they were making uh, Ratchet and Clank games, they kind of they went to Resistance, and I still say Resistance is a very competent FPS series. Um, I know it'll never be on the Halo level, but it's still a very good series, uh, especially the second one. But I, I don't, I couldn't tell you the last time I was just like, eh, it's 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 a it's on that game. I'm good. Like no, they're just <laughs> bangers. Good job, Insomnia. Keep it going. <laughs> but uh, moving on to another Sony story. Sony patent helps system that connects uh, struggling players with quote-unquote experts. Sony has filed a patent for a system that would allow frustrated gamers to receive support from expert players. The patent was filed last week and is described as a system that allows connecting a player to expert help in real time during gameplay uh, of a gaming application. Sony cites the reasons for this it, as increased video game complexity uh, that adds an extra challenge for players. According to the patent, uh, this patent exists, sorry, according to patent scope, the patent exists due to the possibility that a user may reach a point in the video game that is seemingly in impossible to navigate through uh, or solve. 
uh, resulting in the player quitting the game because the user can find nowhere to advance. Essentially, the system would allow for an expert player to assist the struggling player and support them through challenging sections of a video game. So I thought this was very interesting if this ever becomes a thing. Um, I know right now PlayStation has the, the cards system where I, ha I think they have their own little guides right now in PlayStation 5 or they're planning on doing something like that. Um, you guys can tell me if that's a thing already. But, um, but what, do you, what do you guys think about actually being connected to a, an actual person? Yeah. It's like a... It's like when you're doing a on a website and there's like, hey, I can help you with something like those little <laughs> chat boxes that show up. It, it it's it's an interesting prospect for sure. But what do you guys think about it? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting, and it's kind of like uh, in the in the dream of like uh, game guides and like help and stuff like that. That that sounds like it would be such a cool thing to have. I guess the question is, is like who's actually providing the help? Like who's on the other end of this? Like is somebody just gonna do this for free? Or like I guess that's the only question I have is like how are they going to incentivize these people to provide the help? Um, obviously to a certain extent you can get people to, to do some stuff for free. Like, uh, I was a member of the Xbox ambassadors program for a long time, which helped people like with technical issues and stuff like that. But now that I'm in the point in my life where I have no time at all, I don't do it anymore. But, uh, like, yeah, it's just like, uh, that's my biggest question with this. It sounds really cool. And like, it definitely sounds like it would it would be a really neat feature to have, especially for like kids and stuff like that who may struggle to figure out what to do in a certain situation. It's just who's going to provide that help, I guess. It, I guess I'm a little confused on who it's do something like that. Like I, I don't know if I ever get stuck in something, I go on YouTube or something. I I don't know. I it was a cool like Nintendo Power used to do this stuff in the '90s. And they in the late eighties, like, and that worked then because internet wasn't so broad. I, I just don't understand. I, I don't know. I, I feel like it takes much less time. Say if I was stuck on a, oh, I was stuck on a puzzle actually recently in um a, one of the games I was playing, and literally all I did was type in the game name and the actual puzzle that was going on, and boom, I found a solution like in four seconds. I didn't have to be connected to anybody, talk to a stranger, I guess, to figure it out. I just I just had my answer. I mean, Reddit took care of this stuff a long time ago for us. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I feel like the the internet has a lot of the answers that we that we need uh, for these types of situations. And like Daniel said, I don't know who's going to pr provide the service or why they would want to provide the service rather um, when someone else out there probably or has already done it. But uh, yeah, and, and what's going to stop them from trolling people? Like it's 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 interesting to see how this may play out if they do go ahead and do it. But again, it's just a patent, so they may not never may never see the light of day. Just making sure that nobody else does it, I guess. But yeah, uh, moving on to the next story: Stadia head of product has departed. Uh, Vice president and head of product for Stadia, John Justice, has left Google. This was first reported by the information before Google confirmed it. Uh, we can confirm John is no longer with us, they say, uh, with Google, and we wish him well on his next step. Uh, he joined Google in 2019, and he has yet to, dis uh, to explain why he has left. 
But this also came after, uh, before, rather, some more news of other people leaving uh, the company. As noted by Reset Area, Reset Era and discovered via LinkedIn profile, Stadia's general manager, Sebastian Poole, head of creative services and publishing, Corey May, staff UX researcher, Jonathan Dankoff, and graphics programmer, Pierre-Marc Boubre. I'm not sure how to say his last name. It's very French. Uh, another concept artist. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, two, yeah, two, and two more concept artists had left the company. And they're all going over to Haven Studios, which is led by uh was it jade raymond I yes believe? yes yep. yeah jade raymond who started that company after she left google stadia and they're working on a i believe a new playstation ip or a new exclusive ip for playstation right now over there so it's interesting that six people have left uh or seven if you count the the director or the head of product and uh six out of the seven have gone over to uh <laughs> Jade Raymond studio to, to work on PlayStation stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I thought that was a very telling story after the interesting news last week that the, well, a funny news story that we talked about with Google Stadia now introducing a search bar, but the hits, the hits just keep on coming. It seems for, for Google Stadia. Yeah. Um, Daniel, what do you think about these uh, de- departures from the company? Yeah, I mean, it's not surprising. Uh, Google, it's only a matter of time at this point until Google just pulls the plug and they're just like, nope, we're done. I feel like it's, it may not happen soon, but it'll happen eventually, I feel like, at this point, because there's so much turmoil inside of, you know, Stadia and at a certain point, this isn't going to be pro- profitable for Google. I mean, I'm sure it's not profitable now, but uh, at a certain point, they're going to have to just cut their losses because I don't think Stadia is the success that they thought it was going to be. Um, but this is awesome that Jade Raymond is getting a bunch of talent to join her studio uh, and work on PlayStation, uh, their first game's PlayStation exclusive. So uh, very interested to see what that ends up being. I'm a big fan of Jade Raymond because she worked on many franchises I love from Ubisoft, including Assassin's Creed, Splinter Cell. Uh, I think she even worked on Far Cry as well. But uh, yeah, very excited to see what their studio ends up doing. Definitely. I mean, it's not a surprise in any sense that Stadia is just... It doesn't connect with anybody, in my opinion. Like, I don't ever see any sites talking about, like, oh, did you plan on, like, reviewing things on Stadia or anything like that? I'm not saying that runs it, but, I mean, when your media's not covering it, like, in game media, has, it's a specific set of media that we have for ourselves. So it's, like, it's it's just it's a system that needs to pretty much go away. Google, nice try. Thanks for coming to the party, I guess, but... There's not room for a streaming service at this point in time. Definitely. Uh, I agree. I think it's only a matter of time before they decide to abandon it, or I don't know what they're going to do with it at this point. It, it's, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere, and all this the news that's been coming out of it has been very negative. So I agree it's only a matter of time before we see its, it's demise, I guess, to be very dire. But yeah. Um, but moving on to the next story, it's just a little quick one, uh, because I know we're getting a little bit late, but Learn, uh, n- sorry, Nintendo has announced a Game Builder Garage that's coming on uh, June 11, which is essentially a game designing program, build your own games, as they say, from a, from the ground up with colorful and quirky uh, n- New Dawn, which I guess are the little 
characters that help you along your game development journeys. I thought it was really cool. I think it looks really accessible. I, it re- reminded me of Dreams, but obviously a very, uh, not dumbed down version, but more, I think more accessible. I, I love uh, Media Mon- Molecule and what they've done for people who are very creative. But for me, every time I, even with Little Big Planet back in the day, I just couldn't get, wrap my head around the controls and how to understand to create stuff, even though they do have pretty good tutorials. I just wasn't able to wrap my hand around that. But I feel like Nintendo would be able to help my my small brain, like rock my head around uh, <laughs> developing a video game as they cater to usually a younger audience. I feel like I'd be able to, you know, <laughs> understand a bit better with how to uh, develop a game. And I think it'll be really cool. I, I, the price is only $30 for this, which is something you don't usually see out of Nintendo doing a, uh, at a, a quote unquote affordable game. Like they're usually very expensive uh, titles come out of that company. So I think that's really cool. But I don't know if you guys either got this chance to see this or what you, what's your thoughts about Nintendo doing a dream-like experience or dreams-like experience for, for their audience? So I, I, I didn't see this until you, you had it on the show, but uh, yeah, this is super cool uh, and even bigger. Like it's, it's cool for like the younger kids because like kids who want to, you know, grow up in the STEM field or, you know, want to possibly be a programmer or work in the games industry one day, this is a great starting point for them to do that because it kind of learns, it gives you the uh, ability to learn like the early stages of game development and kind of, you know, associating this with this and kind of gives you an overhead idea of object-oriented programming, which is kind of what, you know, games are based off of is that's the base level of it um but yeah i I love stuff like this like project spark was super cool back uh, when that came out it obviously it's shut down at this point the game's still active but the developer just ceased because it it didn't take off but stuff like this is awesome and dreams as well so yeah i love to see stuff like this especially catered towards younger audience that kind of gets them into this kind of stuff yeah, I mean, this generation's already been making games for about 12 years uh, with Minecraft. Minecraft is a game that you make, more or less. I mean, Daniel has a very famous uh, YouTube channel that has millions of subscribers where he plays uh, Minecraft on. No. So he's always developing games. No, I don't. No. Uh, but, I mean, it just brings me back to the day, especially on the PS1. Uh, where it's like RPG maker. Um, there's also a fight fight game maker and stuff like that. I actually remember having the fighting game maker. Um, obviously things have improved, but I don't know. I, I I'm glad Robert, you brought up a little Big Planet. Like I like to play the experiences that are built for me. I don't like to create. I do the same thing with Super Mario Maker and Super Mario Maker Two. I I download or play the levels that people have created. I mean, Nintendo did themselves the best thing when they released the 100 levels that they made that were hard as hell because it's like, okay, that's how I want to play the game. I want to see what other people create. I'm not creative in the gaming sphere. Definitely. I, I, I saw a comment here on the, the post, which I thought was interesting because Nintendo has a, a track record of suing or taking down fan games. It'll be interesting to see... <laughs> 
if people make like a Mario spinoff or something on on their actual game, if they'll have an issue with that or not. But Mother Three is finally coming out. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty. You know, you know, Roro like that fan game that we talked about a few weeks ago that was on uh, mobile. That it was, it was a right. that was a fan made game, right? I mean, to round out the PXN news of the week, we're just going to talk about the Resident Evil Village early review scores, which are very good. GameSpot gave it a 9. Easy Allies gave it a 9. It's getting 9s across the board. The lowest score it got was an 8 from uh, PC Gamer, or PC Games, and IGN, and EGM. So, yeah, a lot of people are very excited to play this game. Are are you guys still in the camp of ready to, to get down with Resident Evil Village? Yes, uh, I'm very excited to add this game to my backlog because Master Chief Collection doesn't give me any time to do anything else. Uh, but no, it's all seriousness. Yes, I, I really want to play this. Uh, I lo- I really liked Resident Evil 7. Uh, obviously, I'm a bigger fan of Resident Evil 2 Remake, like in the style of third-person, over-the-shoulder type Resident Evil, but I'll still be excited to play Village as well. And it feels like they are adding so much stuff to Village, and it's kind of, it's from what the reviews have been saying, it's hearkening back to what made Resident Evil Four so great in terms of you know the ecosystem that you you play in and the world that you play in 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 that game. So I'm kind of intrigued uh, by that by people comparing it to Resident Evil Four because I love Resident Evil Four. And I'm very interested to see how all of these new enemy types like werewolves and all that stuff kind of factors into the whole equation. And I don't know. I just I just want to play a new Resident Evil game, be a little spooked out. <laughs> so I will play it. I'm obviously not going to be playing it day and date. Um, I was a little late on getting um, Returnal. So that's the game that I'm most looking forward to because that's really right up my alley. Uh, but I will be playing Resident Evil 8. I do like the reviews are talking about the fact that there is a lot more action compared to Resident Evil 7 because I thought if Resident Evil 7 that last third had action hmm. but the fir- the first two thirds did not so it was just a poor balance and if they have a better balance between those two like we like Daniel just said number 4 had a good balance with the action as with the puzzles and all that and the horror elements but that's kind of what I'm most looking forward to is really seeing how they've evolved the FPS version of Resident Evil now. Definitely. And I, as you both were saying, it's a bit more action packed, uh, this, this entry. And I've seen people or the report review saying, and other uh, journalists saying that it's a bit, it's a less scary than Resident Evil seven, which is something that, you know, interests me. So I'm, I'm glad that it's, it's less scary. So there's a, there's a higher chance that I might check it out as well. But uh, yeah, that's, that's the PXN news of the week. Uh, we're going to jump into the games we are playing. And Daniel, why don't you start us off? Yeah. the game that you were playing yes Hello, Master Chief. <laughs> <laughs> sean you're so good uh yes obviously i'm playing that but uh i did play mlb the show which it's my first chance to play it since it came out i haven't had a chance to play it 
and I am enjoying it very much. Uh, I played one game last night uh, with the Reds, and I got destroyed because it's been a while since I played a baseball game. Uh, I played a little bit of the technical tests when it was out, but not enough for me to be an experienced uh, baseball gamer yet. But, uh, yeah, I got destroyed. Uh, But the interesting thing is I thought this was kind of cool. They have, like, a retro mode on there where you turn it on and it's like old school gameplay of like uh of old baseball games from back in the day so like the graphics and stuff are all still the same but like the uh ui on the screen like it when it comes up home run it's like an old style like home run and like the announcers aren't there it's just like the weird like home run and base it and like that kind of stuff it's just so funny uh and uh yeah i also almost threw my controller because i was like why can i not throw to first i'm pressing b because like the 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 face buttons are normally where you would throw to you know home first second third where they're you know they're in a diamond shape so it's normally that but i forgot in the old days of baseball games you use the stick to point to what base you wanted to go to and then press a to throw it so literally every base you do that in the retro mode so i was that was like a learning curve but i thought that was a really cool mode that they threw in there to kind of harken back to the original baseball days so yeah that's what i've been playing thanks sean what have have you been up to anything in the gaming space? Uh, I have. I uh, was timid on a purchase I did, Immortal Phoenix Rising, but I am actually very happy to say with the results, I am loving it so far. I'm probably about 20 plus hours in um, thus far, and it is probably the most faithful Breath of the Wild copycat that there has been. Um the open world is awesome. Uh, I mean, the ability to explore everywhere from essentially the get-go, you more or less have the same type of great plateau that Breath of the Wild did, and then you're off on your own to figure out everything. Um, the enemy variety, I've really enjoyed. The combat, too, is a lot of fun, as well as your upgrades. It's got a little RPG mechanics, but not like too RPG-ish. Um, the story is actually really cool, uh, especially if you're into Greek mythology. Uh, that was something I, I took a bunch of college classes on. I love Greek mythology. And they are not really, they're kind of nice to the gods, but they're not. They show like how truly like dickish the gods were and like how horrible of humans they would have been, but they were gods, so it didn't matter. Um, the negative thing I will say is the voice acting is unbearable. It is bad. <laughs> everyone whether you pick a female or a male and every character in between has this awful italian accent it just it's it's so bad the first time i heard i was like well maybe that's just one character no all of them have this horrible italian accent i'm just like oh my god this is why zelda doesn't talk (laughs) like it's bad in that sense but i'm having a lot of fun with it um i uh, have like two more spots on the map to unlock um, but honestly, if you're looking for something that scratches your breath of the wild itch, it would be this game. Nice. I've been get on, the, on the switch. Get it on the switch. Do not get it on uh PS5 or anything. Okay. I, I I've been on the fence with that game for so long that I that I felt on the other side of no, I guess basically. I fell <laughs> off the fence. I forgot all about it. But it's it's definitely a game that I has been on my 
slightly on my radar for a while and I've, I've always wanted to check it out. It's been on sale and every time it's been on sale, I'm like, maybe I should, maybe I should get it. And I just never, never caved yet, but I, I've definitely been interested in, I, I think I'll check it out eventually. But uh, the game that I've been playing, of course, Destiny, I'll talk a little bit about that later, <laughs> but I've been in a very nostalgic mood as of late, as last week you guys, or I said that I, I got a DS that only plays Game Boy games for very cheap because I wanted to play some Game Boy games again. I have yet to purchase one yet, but that is in the future. Probably going to get some Sonic Advance in, some Kirby games, and just some even more Game Boy Advance games I just never got to play. I'm excited for that. Tactics but Advance. Tactics yes. Advance. Yes, I have not. There's a like it, Advance Wars, Tactic Advance, a bunch of games that I just weren't my style back in the day that I, I want to go back to. So I'm very excited to to talk to you guys about that when I when I finally pick one up. But t- talking about nostalgic mood, I've been playing uh, Sonic Adventure uh, from from the Dreamcast on uh, on PC, and it's been a hot minute since I played that. I played it on GameCube actually originally, but yeah, that it man, that game is. I don't know if it's good, but it just it just brings <laughs> back such memories that I'm like I love this, even though. I may not be enjoying myself completely, but it's it's just such a weird mix of nostalgia and frustration that I'm like, I, I love this. This is this is my childhood. And uh, I got I got Sonic Adventure 2 as well, but for some reason it doesn't work with a gamepad and it doesn't it works with mouse and keyboard, but it does not work at the same time. Like it, it doesn't play well at all with oh, that. that. So I'm trying to figure out how to because there is a way to to make the gamepad work like the xbox controller but it's not as easy as sonic adventure which came before which is doesn't make sense to me but those are the two games that i'm enjoying or trying to enjoy right about now as well as destiny 2 of course garden games is still going on uh the new season got announced yesterday and it looks freaking fantastic i'm so excited for vaults of glass to return and transmog to be introduced so that comes next week but that's pretty much what i've been playing um of course the nostalgic stuff and my usual destiny bs so yeah. <laughs> um but moving on to the topic of the show epic versus apple so as we mentioned with the microsoft story and talks about at the very beginning of the show there's a lot of interesting tidbits that have come out of this um apple versus xbox or not xbox apple versus epic uh court case and we're going to start talking about a little bit of them so the first one that uh daniel you showed me earlier this week when it first broke was Sony's uh, stance on cross-platform uh, play with, with Fortnite. But just in general, as the article, I'll start reading it now. It's no secret that Sony has held back PS4 cross-platform play for years, but new confidential documents and emails reveal just how much Sony was against letting people play the same game with their friends on other platforms. Sony initially blocks cross-platform play for both Rocket League and Minecraft, despite Nintendo and Microsoft both enabling players to play across Xbox and Switch. Uh, the issue really blew up when Sony blocked Fortnite crossplay in 2018 and players were angry. Uh, it now appears that Sony may have been holding out to offset potential revenue losses. In the months leading up to Sony's decision to block Fortnite crossplay in 2018, Epic Games had pleaded with Sony to enable crossplay. Emails with Epic versus Emails in the Epic Games versus Apple case reveal, uh, quote, I can't think of a scenario where Epic doesn't get what what we want. That possibility went out the window uh, 
went out the door, sorry, <laughs> when Fortnite became the biggest game on PlayStation, said Joe Creener, Epic's vice president of development. So I'm going to read from the, the email that was sent to, uh, I think, Geo Corsi, um, or to PlayStation, and Geo was the one who responded, I believe. But this is what it reads. We love working with PlayStation, and we want this to be a win-win. The longer this drags out, it will be less so. I can't think of a scenario where I already read that, so I'm going to just skip that. <laughs> Here is what I propose. I, we get one. We give you uh, the data you are asking for, plus marketing data ask. Epic 2, Epic deeply integrates Sony eSports API into Unreal Engine 4 as an engine-level feature. We market and advertise it as a first-class citizen of the engine, maybe an E3 announced, and we support it in Fortnite. Number three, we announce cross-play in conjunction with Sony. Epic goes out of its way to make Sony look like a hero. You get, uh, you get to pick the when, where, and how. Uh, Epic brands uh, it's with Epic brands its E3 present with PlayStation. Uh, Epic's number five. Epic's willing to explore more items. Maybe we commit to a game at launch of your next VR platform. PlayStation Plus stuff offer a unique character, which they already do. Um, Epic extends the Stony company-wide uh, Unreal Engine four license. Um, so he ends with saying, let's make this a huge win for us all. Epic's not changing its mind on the issue. So let's agree on this now. And I guess we can, I can just introduce what they responded with. Uh, basically they did not agree and they wanted to show them, uh, kind of why they want to get paid for it. Um, but yeah, Daniel, what did you think? I know you, you sent me the message and the thing that this article in general and you said this is crazy stuff and i agree but what were your thoughts when you saw this news break <laughs> yeah uh and it's interesting because a lot of the stuff that's come out like well not a lot of it but many of the things that have come out uh on many different facets have been confidential that they were things that were not supposed to go public from the trials but for whatever reason, the judge, I guess, didn't realize that and, and it went public anyways. And this is one of those things that it was supposed to be confidential and now it's public. And it's it's not a good look in my eyes for Sony because essentially they're saying that their their platform is more important than any other platform out there. And they're saying that they should be compensated for purchases made on the other platforms that Fortnite is available on which is kind of absurd if you think about it because Fortnite Fortnite is essentially a platform now. It's not even just a game because you have an entire ecosystem in there. You have your skins, you have your 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 account, your account is your your account is Fortnite. So Fortnite doesn't have to live on PlayStation. It doesn't have to live on Xbox. It doesn't have to live on PC. Like Fortnite is, you know, its own thing at this point. So it is interesting that they were essentially demanding so many things. And it seems like Epic was willing to essentially give them what they want to get crossplay out the door because it was such an important thing for Epic to get crossplay out there. And they even, I think at one point in the email, I, I saw that they, they even said, like, we'll make you into the hero. Like, we'll make you look like the hero. And it's like, man, that's such a, and that's the thing that you don't see. You don't see that peek behind the curtain usually of what goes on behind closed doors. That's, and that's what many fanboys and, and people that are like, 
crazy ridiculous and saying like hatred to one console or the other don't understand is that stuff like this happens behind the scenes of your favorite platform like i'm sure there's similar things that happen at microsoft for xbox and there's similar things that happen at nintendo for for their stuff it's just that we we don't see that stuff and this kind of you know pulls back the blinders to say hey let's not all be fanboys and like let's pull our blinders off and see like this happens all the time and it's all about marketing and so many people said like surrounding the unreal engine 5 demonstration like oh they're showing this off on ps5 so that's the best platform and this and that well now we're seeing another side of it we're seeing like epic is saying like we're gonna give you these things to get cross play out the door and that's yeah, I think that's definitely a fascinating thing that not many, uh, the average gamer doesn't know about that actually happens behind closed doors. So very, very interesting. Sean, did you have any thoughts about Sony's stance on crossplay? Uh, I mean, good for them, to be honest with you. That's not <laughs> me just fanboying. They, regardless, it, in business, it doesn't matter if you're the hero or the villain. EA's been voted how many times the the most hated company in America? How much money do they still make every single year? So it really doesn't matter. They literally they called Epic out for Epic thinking that they are bigger than God itself, that they can control what consoles do, and they made them pay for it. Now, regardless if you think Sony's in the wrong, Epic's Epic's right in this, it should have been for the gamers. It didn't matter. Sony got paid, and as it was revealed, they're continuing to get paid. They're, they they still are getting paid for this. Um, that came out, too, with the amount of money. The thing I will say is this shows a total, like, I'm sorry, the, the court system is going to be screwed here because there's no way Sony doesn't sue for this becoming public when this was not supposed to become public. Mm-hmm. And it just shows that the court system was not prepared at all for some sort of massive video game litigation because let's be real congress government in general does not understand nerd culture in a sense they all just think that we're all school shooters that's all they that's in their their minds that's all they think that that's what video games lead to so the fact is that no gamers also led to the almost to the collapse of the economy thank you gamestop so it's like they they they're not are giving the respect or understanding that you have to be protective and private for this. And God, if I was Sony, regardless of the news that just came out and making you seem like you're the bad guy, you just made a buttload more money, too, because that getting leaked was not supposed to happen. Yeah, that's that's true. The, I agree for the most part with you, but like. I get that it's a business, but at the end of the day, like whether it's a business or not, I still don't think that that's the right thing to do. I feel like there's still right and wrong. And yes, I agree that obviously they want to get money and as much money as they can. But personally, I still don't feel like it's right for one platform out of all the other platforms that Fortnite is on to demand money from another platform's sales. I, I don't know. That's my only issue with it. I don't think you're wrong. The issue comes from the fact that they are they're required essentially for this whole thing to go on. And what I mean by that is they're number one. I, yeah. It's like yeah. it's tough to say like 
I'm sorry, if the XFL actually did succeed, if the XFL did not have to deal with the pandemic starting as soon as their inaugural part two season came, and they would say like, hey, we're going to do these like events and stuff like that. NFL, you should do it too. Well, no, why? We're, we're number one. We don't, we don't have to do what you don't want to do. Like, I'm, I'm sorry if, if you don't want to then come to us, that's fine. We still got more people that are coming to us. Even if we lose people that are coming to you. I mean, that's all. That's the kind of way that I see it. I know it sounds ultra, ultra conservative <laughs> on me, and that's really offensive to me in my head right now. <laughs> it's, just, it's just how I kind of see that situation. I'm not saying you're wrong either, Daniel. I understand no. consumer centric, but the company is looking in the end, bottom line. Yeah, definitely. I, I totally agree. Again, with both of you, I'm, I'm, I'm with Sean where I, I see both sides of this, and I, I agree that I think it's pretty gross. That they that they did want the money and that they kind of put Epic in that position. But again, at the end of the day, Epic has a lot of money. PlayStation wants more of it. And as as they said here, and as Sean just said, they are they're number one and they they have the most people playing over there. So why not ask for some compensation for being a part of this this uh, conjoined sort of ecosystem sort of sort of situation? And and with that, Epic. We also learned that Epic. Uh, has made over $9 billion, or Fortnite has made $9 billion in two years. As a part of Epic's financial disclosures in the trial, the company revealed that over, 29, over 2018 and 2019, its headline game, Fortnite, made $9 billion. So, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of money. And it, <laughs> it shows why they can, you know, buy them all and yeah. give Sony the money and all this crazy stuff that's com- that has been coming out. But another thing that was uh, revealed was some skins for Fortnite, which I thought was a little bit more fun than yes. the other stuff that has been <laughs> been uh, talked about. But some of the skins include Samus, Naruto, yes. heck yeah, The Rock, apparently. Uh, some musicians like Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga. So first of all, Samus, heck yes. There's a <laughs> Nintendo character, finally. I would, I would love that. Naruto, heck yes. I would love that. And Aaron Agande, heck yes, I would love that. Literally, those are literally the skins that I would love to come to the game, and they're speaking straight to my my interests. I love it. Um, any of those speak to you guys? Samus, Naruto, The Rock, any of those? Only if every time you would kill somebody, Ariana would just say, thank you, next. <laughs> that would be great. That was actually good, John. I will give you that. <laughs> but, Poor Pete Davidson. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Samus, I think, is the coolest one, and obviously we've already gotten PlayStation-exclusive ones and Xbox-exclusive ones, so I'm glad to see that we're finally getting a Nintendo character. So, yeah, Samus... Perfect fit, too, I think, uh, for Fortnite. So, yeah, very excited for that. Definitely. definitely. I, I hope these are real, and they should be because it's coming out of out of these leaks, but yeah. only time will tell, obviously. But uh, another tidbit, Xbox thoughts, Breath of the Wild and Metro Prime 4 will be releasing uh, last year. Yeah. Um, another document, they, they talked about uh, competing titles, competing with titles such as Breath of the Wild 2, and Metroid Prime 4, and I, like many people, we wish that they were right, because they haven't come out yet, and Nintendo was still, hasn't really talked about Metroid Prime 4 at all, and earlier this year, they talked about how Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 still needs a little bit more time before they can talk about it again, so maybe they know something that we don't, maybe they are further along with some of these titles, but 
it doesn't seem that way. No. I thought but, we all were all like, it, it just seems so dumbfounding to me that like we as like a gaming community know that Metroid Prime Four got rebooted mm-hmm. in 2018, <laughs> like completely different, <laughs> yeah, harder from scratch, like. I, I don't know about you guys. I mean, yes, I, I was under the assumption Breath of the Wild 2 would come out last year. I was under no assumption that Metro Prime 4 was anywhere close to being done. Like, yeah. I expected 2022 at the earliest for that game. So I just thought that was interesting. Like you said, bro, maybe they knew something we didn't, but I never once thought that that was coming out last year. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I I don't think that... Wherever this came from, uh, whoever in Xbox said that uh, Metroid Prime was coming out last year, I'm not. I don't understand their logic either, because <laughs> like Sean said, they essentially started over. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, I think everyone in the gaming world was hoping Breath of the Wild Two would come out last year for a three-year dev cycle on uh, Breath of the Wild Two, but did not happen. Kind of like Horizon uh, Forbidden West. I think people were thinking the same thing about that game, but. Seems like we're getting both that and Breath of the Wild 2 around that, the same time. Three days apart again? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you have any other tidbits that I may have missed from the epic thing, but some just to wrap up the little, some more little tidbits, but Sweeney, the Epic Games uh, CEO, believes that Sony's stance on crossplay could be illegal. Uh, he says Sony's intro... intro I'm not sure what that word means, actually, or how it sounds. I'm sorry. No, uh, restrictions have put both of our companies in an untenable position, adversarial to our customers. Many Fortnite players are kids, and their friendships are being torn apart by Sony's segregation of players on competing platforms. Frankly, we do not believe. Oh, we do not believe Sony's position is evil, even legal. Okay, so yeah, hmm. yeah. I, I, I don't know if he's being dramatic. It's a little facetious to use the language segregation on that. But I I agree. Like we said before, I think it's a little uh, gross to say the least, but illegal? Would you say, do you think it's illegal, guys? What what Sony's doing? I I, I don't think it's illegal. I just think that it's something that probably morally isn't right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it's obviously like when I was defending Sony earlier, I'm not defending the business practice. Yeah. I'm defending the business as itself. Right. I mean, right. it's not a it's not a practice that I personally would support, but I get a company going after the money while they can, essentially. Yeah. But I don't know what legal standing they would ever have to take Sony to court over crossplay, in my opinion. I mean, I, again, no lawyer or anything like that, but. I don't see how they think they have a leg to stand on when it comes to that. You're beholden to that company system. Yeah. So uh, I have one more thing to point out, Roro, okay. unless you have something to add there. No, I'll, I'll, I have a, I'll have a question for you guys after. Okay. I have one <laughs> thing to add, and then I have one question as well. Okay. So <laughs> I can't even believe Gearbox was paid $146 million to secure Borderlands 3 as an Epic Game Store exclusive. What? Well, for only a few months, too. Yeah, for six months. Yeah. yeah. Like, what? How is that even... That That probably, like, covers, like, half the game's development, I feel like. Like, that's yeah. insane. Uh, 
And then my question to you guys is actually from Cover, who's in the YouTube chat. He asked this way earlier in the chat. It was right at the start of the show. Who do we think is winning right now, Epic or Apple, in terms of what we've heard from the litigation so far? Personally, I I think it's probably too early to tell, but as far as like many of the arguments that are coming out of it, I feel like are in Epic's favor right now, but... You just never know. There's still a lot of litigation to go and, you know, lawyers being lawyers. I, I mean, I would say early, you are correct, early, way too early in the court uh, to say at this point. Um, but I would agree with your summation as epic at the moment, only because Apple's coming out as less, they're coming out almost like dumbfounded. Like the the comment that we talked about earlier about Xbox and then not understanding the market store as far as retail price compared to what they sell with their phones and all that stuff. Then not understanding how a console works. Uh, that I mean, I know that's not exactly what they're saying, but that's kind of how we're all breaking it down. It just comes off that they didn't. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like. Yeah, Epic's Epic's winning right about now, and again, too early to tell. As you as you both said, this is going to be. I think what I read here. Let me just be correct on that. That this is going to take over, th- uh, take place over three weeks, and it just started this week, right? I, I believe. So we're yeah. still at the very early stages of it. So we'll see how it turns out. But my my question to you guys is: at the end of all of this, even though we're saying Epic is is winning right now. Do you think it's going to stay that way? Is is Fortnite coming back to the Apple Store at the end of this? What do you what do you guys think about that? Obviously, I think it's going to depend. Fortnite's only coming back to the App Store if Epic wins this. If Epic doesn't win this litigation, I don't see Fortnite coming back to the App Store. And uh, obviously, that comes down to Epic not wanting to succumb to what. Uh, apple is doing but also it may be apple saying no we're not going to let you on here or give you your development tools back because if you remember they took away their ios privileges like for development uh privileges like developers have certain privileges to get into their uh their development kit and and practice and test things out on on early versions of iphones and stuff like that so I don't even think it'll happen either way uh, or on either side of it in terms of if Apple wins this litigation. But if Epic wins, then I think we definitely will see the return of Fortnite on iOS. I'd be surprised to see it come back, to be honest with you, just because. I don't know, it seems like a lot of bad blood's been spilt at this point. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. It could be required to in some weird way. I don't know how you require a store to essentially sell a product for another developer, but that could be the end result. Um, I don't know. The only thing I will say is that Apple needs this win for publicity's sake. Hmm. Epic needs this, or Epic wants this win to Apple, basically, to show that they... They were once the little guy. Obviously, they're not a little guy anymore. Nine billion dollars in two two years. <laughs> yeah. But like the fact that they could, if they can stick it to Apple in the end, yeah. Then yeah. they will they will look like more than just heroes, like essentially legends. Yeah. Apple will only be able to win the court of public opinion, and I don't even know if they can win that because of how much damage was already done 
by Epic through social media. It, what's crazy is like not that long ago, Apple and Epic were in a very tight partnership with each other because uh, Infinity Blade, which was made by Chair, who Epic owns, uh, was like a big thing. Infinity Blade, Infinity Blade Two, and all that. That was like one of the pinnacle. Yeah, there's three of them. I love those yeah. games. Yeah, the, the, those were like the pinnacle iPhone games, like back in 2010 or 2011, whenever those came out. And now we're, we've made it to this point where they just are, you know, mortal enemies. Yeah, it. I again, as we as I keep saying, I guess on this show with various topics, <laughs> only time will tell. And I'm sure we will talk about it when that time comes. But be, uh, but that time will have to come before we talk about it. But you guys, is there anything else that there that I have missed that may have happened during the show that you would like to bring up here? Or we get to outro. I'm good. Good. All right. Alrighty. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And thank you for everybody watching live. Cover in the chat on YouTube. I see you. Thank you so much for joining us. And anybody else, if you'd like to join us or listen to us after the fact, you can hear us on Twitch and YouTube, but as well as podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search up Podcast PXN and you shall find us. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Sean. And until next time, later, be greater. Much love. Oh, that that was good, Sean. Same time. (laughs) I hate you. Hold on. Hold on. Mario. I don't know if you can do it. <laughs> Mario. It's me, the Mario. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>